only podcast hosted by two best friends with nothing in common except their names. I'm Mandy Fabian. And I'm Mandy Kaplan. And each week we test the limits of our friendship by arguing over movies, books, the latest trends, and of course, Mandy's dumb ideas. Grab a couch. Let's get to it. longest that we've ever um, consistently and publicly decided to disagree on things. Do you know what I mean? No, I disagree. (laughs) (laughs) I think that defines our friendship and it always will. (laughs) But I mean, publicly, you know what I mean? I always disagreed with you behind your back, but never like this much consistently. Oh, I've been calling you stupid anywhere I can to anyone who will listen. Stupid and wrong. Oh my God. Hey, I had a, 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 a thought. I thought about my year of lying. Congratulations. Yeah, stop. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you're on fire today. Uh, no, I, I had an espresso. <laughs> I had these deep thoughts while I was in Hawaii. Oh, what? Mm. Did I get to go to Kauai this weekend? Maybe. I don't know. Don't ask me about it. Um, it was great. Anyway, uh, I was having all these deep thoughts because um, it was so green there. And and I thought about this whole like the year of lying and you you saying like, well, you know, you withhold things. But I have a I have a refinement. I have a okay. refinement of the thing. Cause it wasn't lying. It was not being true to yourself. Does that make sense? Okay. So it's not yes. like, oh, t- I mean, I don't, I really do try not to lie, but but it's more the like not saying yes when you mean no. And not like not not agreeing to a situation or not speaking up if things don't yes. sound right to you, which kind of yes. is a lie, but it's like, and and sometimes that might be like, you know, not, uh, not saying something if you're not ready to say something. Does that make sense? Right. It totally makes sense. But your problem is you went from Shonda Rhimes' year of yes <laughs> to trying to to say no when you needed to say no. That's a confusing <laughs> oh, no. time in your body and your Listen, brain. It's like a right? roller coaster in here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's uh, it's it's a real new way to live. And I, I got to tell you, I'm I'm loving it. Excellent. And I think it's making me, the most important thing is I think it's making me a better podcaster. I have not seen that, but or is on your other podcast. The more <laughs> the more <laughs> the more perfect I get, you know, and I know our listeners yeah. are feeling that, too, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to refine. I thought that was an important, you know, in case people are out there going, gee, I, I tell little white lies sometimes. It's a, it's a, it's bad integrity. It's the other thing. It's, it's really okay. good. Yeah. Just thank you for to- clarifying. Well, you're welcome. You're welcome. God, did legal just get all over you about that? <laughs> Our legal department. <laughs> they hound me like every week. Ugh, yep. why did I ever give them my number? I know we have something we're excited to talk about, Ugh. but first, I feel like we owe it to America to mm. talk about the Super Bowl. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. I, well, we watched it and uh-huh. I thought it was great. I, uh-huh. I, right. It was such a close game. And sometimes you watch the Super Bowl and it's a blowout. And by halftime, you don't care. And I very often don't even care about the Super Bowl. But for right. two reasons I cared very deeply. One was I enjoy the L.A. Rams. I thought it was very exciting that they were the okay. home team and that they were playing yes. a team that hasn't even been to the Super Bowl, much less the playoffs in 30-some years, right? Yeah. And that was Cincinnati, right? That was the other team? Correct. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and then secondly, because through a total fluke of events, my daughter got to go. To the actual Super Bowl? To the actual Super Bowl. 
Oh, my God. <laughs> Abby got to go to the Super Bowl, and she's a big football fan. And, I know. And it was her first pro football game ever. I've never, I, I think I went to one years and years right. ago. And uh, and she was able to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I don't know. Now she can never go to another sporting event ever. Because she got right, to go. That's <laughs> the pinnacle. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow, that's so cool. It was very cool. So Patrick and I were watching it in Hawaii going, oh, God, if the Rams lose, though, she's going to be so upset. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to crush her. Like, we need to... You should have seen how she was when her soccer team lost. I mean, she was a wreck. So, you know. As I think you told the people on the podcast. I'm I think sh- I'm sure I did. Fandy Nation knows about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the Super Bowl? It was fine. Uh, most importantly, anybody who knows me knows that we have done a kitchen remodel and I have been without an oven for four months. Uh-huh. And we got our <gasps> oven finished right before the Super Bowl. So I we were able to bake empanadas, which is all I wanted to do. You've had my empanadas. You know. All I, I was like, we have to be able to use the oven for the Super Bowl. And we were able to. Oh, so that was the real highlight for me. Congratulations. Wait, why was it? Thank a, you. Why was it muff for you? I mean, I was rooting for the Bengals only because I like the underdog. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't have any stake in either one of the teams. The commercials were very disappointing. There were no water cooler <laughs> commercials. And that's my favorite part is like talking about how hilarious and yeah, shocking and fun the commercials all were. Did you did any stand out to you? I love that they brought the E-Trade baby back. That was really oh, I don't fun. the E-Trade baby. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They they have the baby and this team of like SWAT team comes and they, they tell him he's got to come out of retirement. He's like, I don't do that anymore. Oh, and, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So I love the E-Trade Baby. Um, I did mm-hmm. enjoy the cast of Scrubs dancing and singing. I don't know why. I was just like, well, that's interesting. Uh, that, that I thought that was not the entire cast, but the two leads of Scrubs. Um, right. That was interesting. I don't know. Like, I have to say most of the commercials, I looked at Patrick and I'm like, I don't even know what that's about. What are they selling? What are, yeah. What what is that commercial for? So much of it was for Bud Light, and it was this crazy like, wait, that's a beer commercial? I didn't even see anybody yeah. drinking a beverage. I my the only one that I liked enough to like rewatch the next day that I remembered was the Uber Eats mm-hmm. where like Jennifer Coolidge starts it off with like, oh, so I can eat this, and then it's like that lady eating a diaper <laughs> and Gwyneth Paltrow trying to eat her vagina candle. Yeah, that was the main. Um, I just yeah. I had to say vagina candle on the podcast so I could hashtag it when we post. That's the whole reason you brought it up, isn't it? it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's funny because that was like... Which I'm going to call a vagina mandal. Okay. Well, you... Yeah, you could do that. Get a handle on that mandal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's funny. You didn't like that commercial? I did not like that commercial. Isn't that funny? No. It was my least favorite (laughs) commercial. I'm not even kidding. Because I was like, well, that's just dumb. Like, what does that even mean? But I was surprised to see Gwyneth Paltrow doing a Super Bowl commercial. Yeah. I thought, wow, they must have spent some dough there. Yeah. And I liked the disclaimer each time, like, this is a prop. Do not try to eat a diaper. This is a prop. Do not try to eat a candle. Like, it was just (gasps) cute. I didn't see the disclaimer. Well, there you go. Mm -hmm. It was probably that sunlight that was blazing in my hotel window, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And maybe the cabana boy got in your way at one point. (laughs) Probably. So you couldn't quite see. Yeah. Cabana boy. I'm surprised because I, I thought it was a really close football game and I thought you liked close football games. I thought you would enjoy the sportingness of it. Although when there's, it's all defense, it's maybe not as sporting. 
it was a good game. I, you know, people are raving about it. It's just, I don't know. Maybe I just need the Patriots to be involved. I think that's true of you. I'm su- I'm surprised at that, actually. Because it means you're or not really... fantasy players. You're not really a football you fan, know? then. You can't call yourself a football fan anymore. That's what I'm going to say. You're trying to, to uh, end the podcast? What are you saying to me? Of course I'm a football fan. I don't know, though. I mean, you can't just pick and choose, like, which games. If it's a good game, it's got to be a good game, no matter what the teams are playing. That's why I'm more of a football fan than you, because I'm not like, oh, it has to, they have to wear a certain kind of uniform. Like, people are just people to me. You know, you see uniforms mm-hmm. and I don't. I'm different that way. Mm-hmm. I'm just evolved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like you're going to burst into song, like we are the world. Uh, no, I'm going to do something worse, which is laugh at my own joke. Oh, God. <laughs> Repulsive. Um, so shall we get into this week? I'm very yeah. proud of myself. I mean, not just for that joke I just told, but like for what I gift I gave you this week. Because there's just no way in hell that you did not enjoy Murderville on Netflix. But did I? Dun, dun, boom, dun. Boom, boom, boom. You did. I know you did because I know you got at least episode three. I will murder you if you didn't. And you heard it here, folks. And uh, you had to have at least gotten episode three, which has all kinds of Mandy Clavin's spectacular humor in it. Oh, that's funny. That's the one I wrote the least notes about. What? The fartner? The fainting and the farting at the same time? That's a classic Mandy m- joke. I, yeah, I guess I was just laughing and not <laughs> writing notes. So. Oh, well, there you go. So there, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, I think we should tell people what Murderville is. Yeah. And I think the easiest way to do that is, Pete, please play the opening voiceover. And that explains the premise of the show. Meet Terry Seattle, Homicide Division. For Terry, every day means a new murder case and a new celebrity guest star as his partner. Today's guest, comedy legend Conan O'Brien. But here's the catch. Conan isn't being given a script. He has no idea what's about to happen. Together, he and Terry will have to improvise their way through the case. But it'll be up to Conan alone to name the killer. So join them as they punch a one-way ticket to Murderville. There you go. It's yeah. They have uh, to improvise the whole thing. They never get a script, and ev- but it doesn't feel like everybody else. Everybody else is kind of improvising as well, except they have been told they have to make certain points, right? Research department. Oh, I did my homework. Joanne came off the off of maternity leave for us. She sure did. <laughs> so I have the skinny on how they make Murderville. Oh, fun! So there is a script. A hard script yeah. for everybody except the celebrity. Uh-huh. Will Arnett memorizes it, one half of it. The celebrity comes in for day one of a two-day shoot. Oh. He he guides them through the first half because he has it really well memorized. He knows where they need to be and where they need to go. Oh. And then depending on where they end up, he, he works on the second half for the second day of the shoot. It is truly, truly improvised for only the celebrity. Everybody else knows where they're supposed to go. Got, I'm making a lot of hand motions that right. don't help the public. I'm voguing now. When you but when you say <laughs> that, you mean blocking wise? Blocking wise. Is that what you mean? No, script. It's a full script. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, but I mean according to this article. 
Yes. No, that makes sense. Right. So if the celebrity isn't quite there, will Arnett's going to be like, you you know, we need to focus on this right now. And like, he'll, he'll, I'm not going to do Will Arnett th- anymore. That was <laughs> terrible. It was but, ast- astonishingly close. I closed my eyes. I thought I was, pot- yeah. I was on Smartless for a second. <laughs> yeah. I'm in the Jack Shack. <laughs> <laughs> I am though. Uh but yeah, so that's how they do it. So the the stuff about his I think hilarious relationship with the chief. Oh. They're divorcing over after 17 years of marriage. <laughs> like day 1 of this show is yeah. like I can't believe our our marriage is over. <laughs> it's so, you know, it's I think it's very funny. Yeah. That's all scripted. And then obviously when they always meet the coroner, Amber Kang, she always has all the details. That's all scripted. Yeah. But then they're all skilled improvisers. So if the celebrity asks a question or interrupts or does whatever, they're they're ready. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean is whenever he or she is speaking, then they have to, they can't like go by, wait for their cue when they're talking. They have to sort of play with them a little bit. And yes. And I wonder, okay, so I thought the show was, I mean, side-splittingly funny. I haven't laughed that hard in so long. Just, I mean, and I laughed at the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window. Very hard. Show off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I, I like, like, I couldn't control myself. I was laughing so hard. Shaking with laughter. And I think it's because even though I really appreciate a good script in anything, the fact that it's, that you know it's being improvised in front of you in that moment, I swear to God, makes it, Five times funnier. Will Arnett, I think, is a master. Yeah, of of knowing the things that work in improv. I don't know his improv background, but I think it's well. Clear. He banged Amy Poehler, which when you have sex with Amy Poehler, you're infused with the gods of improv, yes. like it's, upright it's, citizens. Yes, yeah. you just become an upright citizen. Yeah. I'll oh, hey, oh, hey. <laughs> um, moments like Conan O'Brien, who I thought was an interesting choice because he was trying to be funny, which doesn't always work, mm-hmm. right? It's funnier to have an unsuspecting person wandering through. My favorite moment of that episode is obviously when Will Arnett's like, you got to eat the jalapenos. And he keeps <laughs> adding more and more hot sauce, which I believe was real. And Conan kept taking bigger and in- in- because Will Arnett kept pressuring him like, you're not taking enough. You're not you're not eating enough. You got to eat more and more and more and more and more hot sauce. And Conan was legitimately on <laughs> fire and suffering. And yeah, it. W- I love stuff like that. Like that had me laughing so hard in oh that first God. episode with Conan. Alison Becker plays a waitress who is emotional. <laughs> and I had to write down that she was crying with no tears. <laughs> and I'm sorry that you had to witness that. You know what, though? That doesn't bother me in an improv thing because okay. she's not an actress who's being asked to play the given circumstances of this. She was being... Okay, I'm glad you were okay. Yeah. I'm glad thank it you wasn't for, too upsetting. Thank yeah. you for being worried about me. No, no, no. And if everybody wants to get a feel for this, can we play Pete? In that first episode, Conan's speech, when Detective Terry Seattle says... This little kid's asking what happened. Explain death to this little kid. And then he walks away. And at minute nine and 52 seconds to 11 and six seconds, Conan explains death to a child. Hello, what's your name? When is the magician going to put the lady back together? Well, the lady can't go back together because what happened is the magician really sawed her in half, cut through skin, ligament, muscle, bone. She had instantaneous, probably 90% blood loss. And then she went into that black void 
known as death, where there is no return. She's gone, gone forever. What does that all even mean? I don't. She's dead. I just don't She's understand. She's so dead. I just don't understand. Is magic real or not? It's a very simple question, sir. It's yes or no. It's not magic. It is magic. God. Look at the sign behind you. Yeah, I know. That's what grown-ups call a lie. Is this what dying is? That's what I told you. Yes, this is what dying is. She'll right? go to heaven, right? Oh, well, I don't know. Will she still be in two pieces when she's in heaven? Well, no. My guess is before they put her in the ground. All right, trainee, let's go. We found some new evidence. Oh, I was on my knees for a long time. So that's when when this premise works so well. Yeah. When when it Will Arnett sets it up and then lets it get awkward. Yeah. It works so well. Well, I and I thought that kid really held their own too because obviously. They were expecting him to be thrown by this. And the kid just keeps... And he just went completely the other direction, just going so dark with this kid. Dark. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. I, Um, I, I thought it was like... I thought he was a good choice because he also... I didn't think that he was trying to be funny. I just think he is naturally funny. But he was... In a weird mm -hmm. way, I thought he was trying to get a hold of it a little bit. Like, he was sort of... Mm. Uh, I don't. I didn't feel like he was trying to be wacky, funny guy the whole time. Like he was cracking up, laughing a couple times, like you know, which is they all did, right? None of the guest stars got through, no, without laughing, no, and some were worse than others. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the the joy of it is watching people crack up when they're not supposed to, or try not to crack up. And Will Arnett cracks up every episode, yeah, which but is I, wonderful. But I, what I do love is he doesn't do it in an obnoxious, like, I'm going to do this. And he really tries to keep it together. Yep. And his character is so perfect for him because it's basically him. I mean, he's when yep. he's just being himself, he's the guy who, like, leans into thinking that he's all that with women and that he's just super cool guy like that's kind of his fake funny persona anyway so to do right. it in this this character oh i i could just watch well, him all day yeah i'm gonna skip around because him being a, a a smooth talker with the ladies is the theme of the sharon stone episode and he he says like you know so we're gonna solve this murder but you have to try not to fall in love with me. <laughs> and she is like, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. And uh, so he he gets away with that. I didn't consider it me too or weird. Like it's, you know, and I loved having one of these people, you, you know, have there be like in Terry Seattle's mind. And no, I've never been. Um, but, it, but in his mind, there's sexual tension afoot. Right. Sharon Stone is not thinking that at all. So I enjoyed that a lot. And that that episode included an MLM, which, you know, I'm obsessed. Oh, no. Multi-level marketing. Did you not get as far? I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I only watched the first three episodes, but I will watch the rest of them because. okay, yeah, I I can't wait. Terry Seattle gets deep into an MLM oh. called Sludge, oh. which is like a health drink that he's trying to solve the murder, but also trying to sell a lot of this product. Oh my God. I am so excited about that. You're the one who introduced me to uh, The Dream, right? The season dream. one of The Great Dream. Podcast. Great podcast. Mm-hmm. Season one. I didn't love season two so much. but Agree s- entirely. Yeah, but yeah. season one, 
that uh, that was all that whole world of the MLN. It was so interesting. I remember walking and and being struck by this feeling of like, oh my god, the entertainment business is kind of a multi level marketing scheme. Oh boy, <laughs> I, it was a little bit of that. Like, oh, if you just hang in there and you just network with more people and you just spend a little more money, you too can have your dreams come true. Oh my god, you just gutted me with that. I, I know, but. <laughs> Not for people like us. Obviously, we are top tier. Like we would be invited to the Peacock Lounge. You know, we're we're going on the big well, vacation. Well, because the people at the top of the pyramid, yeah, they do all right. Yeah. So as long as we're on the tippity top, obviously we are. I was. I didn't mean us. I just meant those poor people that you know get sucked into something. I'll be like the that. little blonde star of David, uh, right on top. The little. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. By the way, you did say you weren't going to try to imitate Will Arnett again, and you have done it twice, and I love it. It's adorable. But I'm just saying, like, with the whole year of not lying thing and the integrity. I'm just saying, you know, we all do it. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Duly noted. Yeah. Uh, Maybe Pete could go back and alter my voice so that I'm doing Marilyn Monroe instead. No, I Thanks, love Pete. No, do your Will Arnett. I love it. It's so funny. No, it's not. Um, he's 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 making fun of himself. That's why it's not me too. Like it's not. He's not right. making fun of her. He's making fun of himself. It's it's great. I love it. I jumped to episode. Five and uh, but but if I want to back up. I do, yeah, I do, because I got a couple things in episode one that I thought were yeah in episode one and three. I didn't love two as much, but episodes one and three were like so. Episode one, this was made me laugh out loud so hard when Conan O'Brien is asked to go into a, a house full of women, Moms mm-hmm. Against Magic, right? And mm-hmm. the woman, uh, uh. Mary Hollis Inboden, who I, I think is such a hilarious actress and I love her. And she asks him, well, what made you what made you turn against magic? When did you know? And you know, right? She asked him this question and now he just has to improvise a story. And he tells the story. Is it 2555 around there to 2647? Pete, uh, play the clip. I'd like you to stand here and tell this group of God-fearing women the moment that you realized magic is the devil's tool. Well, I'll tell you all, it was an incredible experience that I had. I was a child, and I wanted to be a magician, so I practiced and practiced. I became quite the magician, a very good magician. And one day I went out into the schoolyard and I said, check this out. And I fanned out my deck, and before I could do anything else, they beat me. They beat me for 40 minutes. Then they stopped and they went and got ice cream, came back and continued beating me. And what happened to the boys who beat you up? Well, they all became senators, every single one of them. Name one. Diane Feinstein was the head bully. Beat me savagely. It doesn't make any sense. I'm starting to wonder if your name is even Todd Carrington Burgeons. Oh, you. please. Todd, what is, is the state fish of Idaho? It is a uh, white-bellied cod. Wrong! It's the cutthroat trout. Well, who knows the state fish? It's this crazy. person is an imposter, oh, ladies, and he's using the art of illusion no. to get us to have S-E-X. No! Get him! No, I was not! No, no, no! Did you watch with your kids? No, I was on a plane. I, we were leaving. For, right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I watched that one with Casey and he laughed a lot and he really liked the premise and yeah. he was into it. Um, are you ready to go to episode two yet or no? Oh, yeah, we can. Totally. The only other thing that I thought was hilarious was when Conan has his earpiece in and he 
says, tell him your name, you know, and he's like, yeah, Carlin Bergfenstein. And he keeps adding on the extra like stuff right. like that just kills me. Yeah, that, that was really well done. But then they do it too much. They do it again in episode uh, four or five and six oh. with the earpiece and the cueing. And you're like, come on, guys. Oh, like you've already done this. This, you know, it's like if you go see an improv show, you don't want the same game to be played more than once. You want to move on and do something different. That's, so, yeah, that's they got a little lazy with that. But so Casey and I watch the first one. We like it. We laugh. Then we turn on episode two starring Marshawn Lynch. Mm hmm. And there's not 10 seconds of that episode where he's not saying motherfucker. <gasps> and oh. I, I was like, um, <laughs> in case he's like, it's okay. It's okay. I, like, I'm, I'm not going to repeat those words, you know? Yeah. It was, he, he was so foul mouthed. Yeah. And it, I, like, I, so it was just funny to me that I was like, Casey, because uh, I watched the Conan <laughs> one first and then I was like, Casey would love this. So I rewatched it with him and then caught my, you know, found ourselves in quite a situation with Marshawn Lynch. <gasps> yeah. But yeah, I, so, yeah, I wrote, watched with Casey, tons of motherfuckers. <laughs> but Marshawn Lynch's eyes are amazing. And his genuine, it like his need to solve the crime, I thought was really funny. Yeah. In ways that other people were a little like, oh, is that what we're doing now? I'm supposed to name the killer. Marshawn Lynch, Marshawn Lynch took it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely did. And I yes. thought that was cute. It was. And then they give him a shot of alcohol and he looks off camera at the producers. He goes, am I really allowed to drink this? <laughs> like a child. It was so cute. And that actor who plays the triplets, I thought that was, I, I, I was just also getting into the premise of the show, right? Trying right. to figure out how Rob does this Hoyle. work? He's, I love him. He's amazing. Yeah. I thought this was incredible improv. So uh, Terry Seattle says, tell them your name is Octavius Shitwagon. <laughs> right? And Marshawn Lynch is like, my name is Octavius Shitwagon. And then Marshawn Lynch came up with It's Dutch, oh. which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that's funny. I didn't I didn't remember that he came up with that. Yeah, he was very he was very game. But you're right. He was more serious about solving the crime, which was great. And it was a very mm -hmm. funny. It was a very funny. episode. They were all really funny. But the I and I only watched three, but the the one that really, really got me that got me like helplessly, helplessly laughing was Kamal Najani. And Patrick had seen a trailer of this. And there was a part mm. of that show that was in the trailer that he thought was the funniest thing he'd ever seen. So I watched mm -hmm. it looking for whatever part that was that made him laugh. And it was not the same part at all, uh, be because the thing that made me laugh, I mean, harder that I have laughed in so long was at minute 1732 to 1837 when he, and this might be something that you have to see, I don't know, but it sure sounds funny too, is when he's telling him to do the cool walk. He's teaching him to do yep. the cool walk. Right. Pete, play the clip. That he's going to be watching. Do a cool walk. Why don't you One, do two, three. Hey, Cornelius, show me how you walk. Cool. Yeah, he's cool. Walk it out. Stop. Freeze. Don't move a muscle. <laughs> While you're walking, pretend that your wrists, you have rubber bands attached to the ground, so they're kind of pulling you, you know, like a rubber band as you walk. That's what cool, yeah, and go. Continue. Rubber band, rubber band, there we go. Rubber band. Well, man's got a rubber band, and stop. Back towards me. Get, there we go. And the rubber bands. Rubber bands. I don't care. Forward, I don't care. Do it, the whole thing. And your head is being pushed down to one side. 
being held by like cement one side and bounce rubber bands hands knees i don't care go whatever come back everything backwards care i don't say it <laughs> you gotta say it what care don't i yeah, say it again care don't i <sighs> Being cool is wow, a we're lot screwed. of effort. We are screwed. Okay. That is <laughs> next level improv. Right? Right? When you force an unsuspecting person, <laughs> you know, Will Ar- and Will Arnett's like, no, you got to walk like this. No, lower, lower. No, you got to swing your, right? And it's just the anticipation of like, oh my God, he has to do this. He has to do this. And <laughs> Kumel was really game, but also really couldn't keep a straight face at all, which is fun to watch somebody just... He had the perfect balance of, I don't really want to do this, but I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it as well as I can. And he was also a gifted comedian. So he could, like, Mm -hmm. he actually got in some really good barbs when they were making fun of him for being a fainter and a farter. See, that's that was the episode I was like, this is a Mandy Clavins episode all the way. Um, But like, I, and he kept ribbing him for being like, no, it sounds like everybody remembered that. Like, and they go, I don't, right. he's like, I don't recall that. He's yeah. like, no, I think everybody recalls that. My favorite part was Erin Hayes's speech. Like, she was fantastic was when she they catch her at the locker. Lisa Capobianco? And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't I just, know her. What's I, she from? Oh, Children's Hospital. Because mm. this, this show is Abominable Pictures. Okay. This is a little insider knowledge. So they use a lot of those guys, David Wayne and Rob Hoible and Aaron Hayes and, you know, and uh, it, I, she was hilarious to me. Yeah, she and was great. Bringing up the fart, the fartners and, the, and all like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was really, really gifted and funny. Yeah. Yeah. His, his whole, that whole cool walk thing. Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. loved all the games that they, uh, yeah, that they came up with that they like, you know, then they bring him into the locker room. And when the, the football guy says like, okay, now we're going to sing the fight song together. Oh, uh, yep. and then they just start, he starts singing all these yep. nonsensical lyrics and Kamal's trying to keep, keep up. Like, it's not something that you could really describe, you know? Well, you didn't see the weakest episode, which was Annie Murphy, Murder oh. by Soup. Annie Murphy was well out of her league. And don't get me wrong, I love Annie Murphy on Schitt's Creek. She is not qualified for this. She just looked awkward. She didn't open her mouth. When asked a direct question, she'd be like, uh, yeah. I wondered about that. I I wondered because I loved her so much on Schitt's Creek too. And then mm-hmm. I saw her in the show, the, uh, what, the... Kevin can yeah, fuck Kevin himself. can fuck himself. Yeah, you watched that with Casey, right? Or Ke- Casey co-wrote it? I can't remember. <laughs> Casey wrote it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, uh, yeah, and I, I was a little bit like, oh, I don't know that the, she it wasn't like next level amazing like she was in Shit's Creek, and I, and that was going to be my question. I said that to Patrick. I said the next episode is Annie Murphy, and I wonder if she can improvise like this because I feel like she was so good at that one character. I don't know, you know. Oh, interesting. Out of her element, out of her league. I didn't write down a time code because we've played a lot of clips, but Will Arnett, basically, he sits them down. So that interview at the top of every episode where the the chief comes in and brings the celebrity, that is all yeah. real. Like that celebrity is not aware of what's going to happen. They film the celebrity first. Then they go back and do one more take only, two takes, and film some other stuff. Oh. To, right? So... So this Annie Murphy sits down and Will Arnett's like, I'm going to give you a test to see if you qualify. 
Little Susie comes running up to you and says, Detective, detective, my parents are laying down on the ground and they're not talking or breathing. And there's this red stuff everywhere that looks like ketchup. And this little girl, Susie, what do you do? And Annie Murphy's like, well, I go over and I check out the scene. And then out of nowhere, Will Arnott's like, it really is ketchup. Like, I I thought I made that clear that like Susie's family runs a ketchup factory. Everybody knows that. (laughs) And Anna Murphy's just lost and laughing. But like, he takes this whole thing about a ketchup factory and... Oh my God. His his first, when he gives this, are you a psychopath test in the Kamal episode, he's like, number Uh number, he gives him a test to see if he's a sociopath. And he's like, number one, are you a sociopath? And he goes, no. And he goes, okay, I just thought I'd, that wasn't actually on the test. I just thought if I asked that question, we could just get all the rest of this out of the way. (laughs) He's so funny. Yeah. He's so good. And then Ken Jong. Interesting. They do a lot more of the secret earpiece mm-hmm. thing with him. And by that point, I was annoyed by it. If that had been the first episode I had seen, maybe I would have thought, oh, this is so funny. Yeah. But I, at that point, I was like, really, guys? More secret earpieces? Yeah. Shame on you. Well, it's a little bit like the play that went wrong. You know, that... Uh, that, that- that's, I haven't seen it, okay. but yeah. Well, that play... Oh, I thought you had. Oh, okay. So that play, anyway, they they turned it into a show. So there's every... Mm-hmm. There's weekly episodes of like a play, but the, and, some, and things go wrong. And it's great. But if you watch three in a row, it all starts to feel like the same thing. And this this feels a little bit like that. Like, oh, if you watch a, every one episode a week, it's a little taste of like, ha ha and funny and, you know. But if you saw an improv mm-hmm. show every night, you'd start to be like, hmm... I'm seeing the same jokes and the same tricks. You start to yeah. you start to get mad at improviser for not being scripted, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? You know what I mean, they're not right. It, you know, it's like a little bit. It's less fresh. The novelty of like, oh my god, this is all just happening. But I have to say, I I would actually. Where did you find out about how they shot it? Because I, that really interests me. I love. I love. I googled oh. how they made Murderville. Okay, and it was a big long fun article on Yahoo. I can send you the article. My God, I totally, because I was really fascinated at how they were getting like character reactions and looking at how they edited it and what the angles were and how they, how they shot things that were clearly happening in real time. And like, and I also wonder if they don't do like, maybe they do the earpiece bit with everybody, but it's not funny with everybody. Like there had to be several bits that they do in each scene so that they have some wiggle room if something doesn't work. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't I, know. I could be wrong. They didn't talk about a lot on the cutting room floor huh. because they really do it in two days. Wow, so, that is amazing. Yeah. I mean, what an right. amazing way to do television. That's so cool. Right. Well, hats off to them. I thought it was great. You want to give them some man jobs? Always. Yeah. I want to give everybody man jobs. Yeah. I'm going to give it five man jobs. And you know why? Because it made me laugh hysterically. And when I went back to find the uh, the time code for the cool walk, which then, by the way, people gets called back again where he has to do an ugly walk and it's even funnier than the cool walk. Mm -hmm. That made me laugh helplessly again. I can't even tell the story to my sister. Like, this is what happened without laughing helplessly. So for that, I give you five, five stars. Are you calling me your sister? Oh, no, you literally met your sister. Yeah, my actual sister's that, here. But, ooh, but no, that no, no, I didn't mean it. It's OK. <laughs> I wasn't crying. <laughs> but you're like joy. a sister. No, you're like my sister, but better. Mm. Sisters with the same name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would give it 
three and three quarters man jobs. Oh, I, I feel like it was ambitious and I liked where it was going and it could have been better. And I'm not sure if that's <gasps> COVID or oh. like that they were figuring things out. It but could have I, been better. Interesting. Yeah. Ha- oh, I definitely think it went through long patches of like, uh-huh, uh-huh, I see, let's go. Like there are, and maybe it's because you haven't seen all six. Mm-hmm. So let's revisit when you have, because you might, you might knock a jerk and pull right off of that man job. Wow. You even did that with the, you you did that with the- A little hand the, I've been very hand handy motion. today because I had espresso. <laughs> I'm like Ricky Bobby and I don't know what to do with my hands. I had no idea that it affected you like that. That's amazing. Okay. Well, again, that's, that's really, that's, uh, that's interesting. I would have thought, I would have thought more, more man jobs from you, but okay. Murderville. God, that's just perfect. If I could write that show or create that show or be on that show, I could die happy. Because otherwise, okay. I'm not going to die happy. Like, I'm all, I'm miserable. Aww. I know. It's Aww. just, that's everything that's between me and Murderville is, is my distance to happiness. So, I mean, this is good. These podcasts are pretty good, too. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Put it on your vision board. <laughs> okay. I have a game for you. But first, Yay! yeah, but first I want to tell the fandies and thanks everybody for listening. Man Cave is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Pete Wright, music by Ian Post. And while you're listening, please, if you like what you're hearing, give us five stars and write a review and tell your friends. It really helps us get the word out there. Yes, please. Uh, and also, if you want to get in touch with us, you can get up in our business on Discord. You just go to mancave.com slash Discord and we will uh, field questions and comments and uh, we'll explain the d- very details of what a m- man's job is, like in full detail up there. There's a community Perhaps channel. video. Yeah. <laughs> there's a community channel open to everybody and there's a Man Cave member channel as well. And to become a Man Cave member, you just go to mancave.com slash Fandy. We have two new members this week, Curtis and Michael Ann. And Curtis is all up in the Discord already. We love you, Curtis. Where I did post my promised prom picture and you have not. (gasps) Oh, God. Well, I was on, I was celebrating my 13-year wedding anniversary. So, you know, lucky 13. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Uh, Did you get any cool gifts like Mandy's merch? (laughs) (laughs) No, I, uh, yes. I mean, I'm working on it. Uh, I will go to mandcave.com slash merch and see all the cool t-shirts and travel mugs and keychains. And maybe your prom picture will end up on a keychain. I don't know. Uh, oh, not a, oh, that would be spectacular. Not a bad idea. Prom season is coming up as is Mother's Day. So you're welcome. Okay. I have mysteries for you to solve. <gasps> oh, yes. I have a few of them. I don't know how this is going to go, okay. but I have this little right. fun little game called 30 Second mm-hmm. Mysteries. I did not write these, but I find them very compelling. And okay. let's see, Detective Kaplan Clavens. Yes. Uh, if you can solve these little mysteries. Now, these are for kids, so I feel like you're going to knock them right out. But some Thank of them... Thank you, because I'm not very good at them when oh. they're for adults. So, yeah. I, I find that... This is no, my speed. No, no, no. One time we played Clue, and you were like superhuman in how fast you got everything. So I think you're going to do very well. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That's why it was just one time. I don't like to be beat. Um, all right. right. So here's, here's the case. Are you ready? A woman stands before a group of people. She begins to flap her arms around wildly, moving her head in outrageous ways. She will do this for at least an hour, often longer. 
it's possible that she'll cry as she flails about. The mystery. Where might this woman be found and what is she doing? Do you need me to Can repeat? You please repeat. Yes. Oh, I do. A woman stands before a group of people. She begins to flap her arms around wildly, moving her head in outrageous ways. Thank you for demonstrating. Yes. That's yeah. good. You're getting into it. She will do yeah. this for at least an hour. So I'll wait. Often longer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like how much? Yeah. But we, I think we can, well, like, let's do this as if. Um, uh, <laughs> it's possible that she'll cry as she flails about. Where might this woman be found and what is she doing? Now, I do have clues. Oh, thank God. Yeah. So I, I will, have no idea. I'll give you uh, the clues. Number one, the people in front of her are seated. Uh-huh. You need another uh-huh. clue? Yes, please. She studied for years to learn how to do this. She is in Swan Lake. She's a ballerina. No. No. Is that, do you want me to keep going? Yeah. She, her movements are actually instructions. Okay, so she is a chicken dance instructor. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you no. Uh, but I have another clue. You ready? She holds uh-huh. a baton. This this last one. She Yeah, she is a cheerleader. Nope. I'm going to give you the last clue. You ready? She's in a pageant. Nope. Nope. Ready? Everyone else holds an instrument. She's a band leader for the marching band. Well, she's in a concert hall con- the conductor. conducting she's an the orchestra. Conductor. Yes. That was a pretty Why? Hmm? Why why would she cry? What what the hell is wrong with her? <laughs> oh god, was it something in her childhood? Oh. Well, she has a poor conductor. She has a fear of tubas. Um they didn't oh, list that in the harsh. case, but we know that's that's the truth. Okay, ready? Okay. I'm ready, but I I can feel the energy of all the people listening going, oh my God, Kaplan <laughs> is the dumbest no. fan, Mandy I, in the world. Okay. No, that one was pretty tough. I think you're right. The cl- the crying was a red herring. I've never seen uh, Dudamel cry. All right. But I've only seen Dudamel a couple times. Hollywood Bowl, very far away. So Name dropper. Okay. Go ahead. All right. The case. Ready? Chuck mm-hmm. spends his time going door to door. Performing unsavory tasks all day. <laughs> I I just want you to guess right now, but I'll keep going. He likes help. He's a plumber. He likes helping people and doesn't mind when he has to go to the hospital. Some people might treat him badly, but others are quite kind. Whatever their disposition, they call on him when the going gets tough. The mystery. How does Chuck earn his living and where can he be found? He's an EMT and he drives an ambulance. Uh, not quite, but clue, please. Kind of. I'll give you a clue. He is in a helping profession. He knows his clients inside and out. You know what? I think you, you're pretty close. He's a coroner. No, I might give this to you because he's not an EMT, but he is a nurse at the local hospital. So I think that's pretty close. Well, yeah. Going door to door. Got it. In the hospital, like door to door. Oh. Not door to door, like in the neighborhood. Uh-huh. Oh. Right. That's the trick. So I kind of shouldn't have Mm -hmm. given it to you. Right. The door to door was the hospital. Yeah, but I won. I won. Well, yes. Okay. 
Oh, I should have kept going because the fourth clue is emergencies happen every day in his workplace. That's what would have mm-hmm. given us the, okay, well, I let you have it. I, why am I so gentle with you? You're not that gentle with me. All right. I can be gentle. <laughs> she said. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Here's the last one. Okay. The case. Yeah. A woman immigrates to the United States from France. Although she lives in oui, oui. New York for many years, she never learns to speak English or hold down a job. Nonetheless, she becomes one of America's most famous residents. Where in New York does this woman live and who is she? She is the Statue of Liberty uh, and she lives yep. on the Hudson. On New York City's Liberty Island. Correct. That was a really easy one. I got that one from the first. No, it wasn't. It was really, really hard mm, and I got well, it. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Oh, good job. You did great. Thank you. (laughs) I know exactly what I'm going to assign you, and I feel like it could be divisive. Oh, okay. I'm going way back in our history. Oh, boy. When we started many, many moons ago, we did not so many moons, a couple of moons ago. Okay. We did a version of this on Blog Talk Radio. Oh. It was it was not as uh, fancy as we are now. Yeah. We didn't have Pete. We love you, Pete. Uh, but we came to blows over Drew Barrymore and the movie Music and Lyrics and rom-coms in general. And I am assigning you a brand new rom-com Marry starring me. Charlie Day oh. and Jenny Slate on Amazon. And it's called I Want You Back. Oh, and I've heard good things, but I feel like it's the type of thing, everything you love, I'm going to hate. Everything I love, you're going to hate. And we're going to disagree. And that's my hope because we've been agreeing a little too much lately. Uh, Yeah, that's bound to happen because we're, you know, spending more time together. I don't know. (laughs) I know, like, well, you know, we're, we like each other, you know, like it's not as, uh, it's, we've, we've almost ended our friendship several times. And what would happen to this podcast if we did? We will have to wait and find out next week. Uh, all right. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. All right. I think I'm going to love it. What's it called again? I want you back. Yep. Yep. Got it. Okay, cool. Don't make me beg. <laughs> Is that the, that's the sequel? <laughs> oh, all right. I'll see you next week. All right. Love you. Love you. Love you. 